As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, it's Megan, and we are back for part three of the Beyond One Million three-part series. So if you've been tuning in the last couple of weeks, part one was all about client retention and realizing how vital it becomes once you get to a million to get beyond a million, one of your biggest focuses becomes paying attention to keeping the clients that you already have whether that's re-enrolling them into the same program that they were just in because they need to go through it one more time or sometimes even two more times, depending on your body of work and their journey in that process and in their own process, or you have some sort of ascension model in place. Maybe you have some sort of next level program, a mastermind that people could jump into Uh, after they're done with their initial program, or maybe it goes to something like VIP days, small group intimate events, one-on-one coaching or consulting with you. Uh, And we would call that basically reselling people into something that exists in your ecosystem. Maybe you have an arm of your business that's an agency. Maybe you have something that's done with you or done for you, but be thinking about that in terms of client retention Once your clients are complete with the program that they purchased, what is next for them? Do you want anything that's next for them? If you don't have anything that's next for them, then you are what you, it doesn't mean that you can't do it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work, but what you are up against is you have to constantly bring in new people into your ecosystem and your whole entire business basically lives and dies based on your ability to bring brand new people in through your ecosystem at all times. So client retention is what we covered in part one. And part two, we talked about team. Actually, now that I'm talking about it, I think I have that backwards. Part one was on team. Part two was on retention. So you just got the recap on retention. Part one, so that was part two. Part one, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about team. And team becomes the linchpin that is preventing a lot of business owners from growing and scaling their business beyond a million. And I went through a number of ideas and concepts that are revolving around teams as I see it uh, from being on someone's team. Um, Quite a few years ago, this was over six years ago, I was a member of a team. I was a leader on a team, director level leader. I I had my own team underneath me that I hired, I trained, I led, they reported to me. And, um, you know, I was one of the highest levels in the company that I couldn't go any higher than CEO at that point. And, you know, I experienced and witnessed what it was like the challenges that the company owner had around team. And now that I go in and do quite a bit of strategic advisory and consulting work with companies that are at a million, I'm also getting to work with their teams. 
And, you know, go back and listen to the episode. I believe I listed five or six different things that I see going on as it relates to team that the company owner is finding really challenging. And without that team in place, now you don't have to have a big team, you can have a small team, but without having a well-oiled, self-led team, it becomes very, very challenging to grow beyond a million. Process and team at that level in a company become the two most important things. You have to have the process first. Then you have the people. So process and people become what's going to get you beyond a million. And then of course, part two, which I've already done a bit of a recap on is client retention. It's turning your focus to client retention. What what I see happening in the marketplace is that the companies that have reached right around a million, maybe a hair over a million, they're still predominantly focused on lead generation with new leads and making new sales versus serving their clients in new and different ways that perhaps they didn't do before their company reached a million. Because look, to get to a million, it is all about marketing and sales, marketing and sales, make money, make money, make money, marketing and sales. And you've got to really have that solid machine of marketing and sales. By the time you get to a million, a million plus, you should have that marketing and sales machine relatively in place. Obviously, there's still some holes to fill and and gaps to close, but you should have that relatively in place. And now we want to turn our attention to how can I extend the lifetime value of my client? How can I turn this 15 or 20 or 30 or $50,000 sale into my program? How can I turn that into a client that's going to be worth $250,000 lifetime to my company? That's how you want to be thinking. And that isn't just creating more things to sell them into. It's providing them with an experience. It is ensuring that they're getting results, they're making progress, and that they are a satisfied client. And just because a client is getting results does not mean that they are happy or satisfied. And a client that gets results but isn't happy or satisfied isn't going to stay. And the name of the game with client retention is you want to move someone through all eight phases of the client journey from the phase of attract, which is at the marketing level, and then to admit, which is when they admit they have a problem and they purchase your offer all the way through to the eighth phase, which is they become an advocate. They become a loyal advocate of you your brand, your company, your team, what you stand for, and your programs. And it's like they went to a movie and they loved a movie so much, or they went to a restaurant and they had a great experience and they go tell everyone that they should go see that movie or try that restaurant. You want them to do the same thing in regard to your program. So those are two things, team and client retention, where you want your focus to turn to in order to grow beyond a million. And those are also the two categories where we see kind of slowing companies down once they reach that million dollar mark and they're trying to grow beyond a million. Those are two of the places that I look at first. The third one, which I'm not necessarily coaching people on this or bringing, you know, I'm not leading with what I'm about to say. It's just an observation that I see. And I didn't make this up. It it truly does happen. 
where someone has come into more money than they've ever made before. You know, I've, I fit that category too. I'm making currently more money than I've ever made before. My business affords me that. I was a high school teacher before in my 20s, over 12 years ago, making $34,000 a year. So, you know, usually when a company owner gets to high six figure, you know, mid six figures, high six figures, a million, that's the most money that they've ever made, especially if this is their first business that they've ever run. Sometimes if it's their second, third or fourth business that they've ever run, that's the most money that they've ever made. And what I start to see, I see this starting to happen when clients are making around three, four, $500,000. And what they do is they start paying themselves a lot more money. So as they make more money in those like mid six figures and into the high six figures, as they start making more, as a company starts making more money, they keep increasing what they're paying themselves versus what if you continue to pay yourself the same amount of money when you're making a million dollars as you were when you were making $250,000. Now, if you just do the math and run the numbers, that means you're going to have more money in the business expenses category and more money in the profit category. Obviously, you've got to put a certain percentage into taxes, so you're going to have more available for that. But we already know that. We're not even going to talk about taxes because you should be doing that anyway. But those are the four buckets. What are you paying yourself? Taxes, business expenses, and profit. Those are four separate buckets that you are channeling money to every single time you're getting paid and you're divvying it up and you're putting a certain percentage of what you earn, what your company earns into those categories. Now, if you pay yourself the same amount of money when you're making a million dollars as you paid yourself when you made $250,000, let's just say your owner's salary, let's say it's it was it's it was 15 you paid yourself $15,000 a month when you were making 250 grand. And you're still going to pay yourself $15,000 a month for your owner's salary, even when you're making a million. Obviously, you're putting money towards taxes, but you're going to have more left over to put in business expenses and profits. Your business expenses, that's where you are bringing on additional team members or one additional team member, You know, whether it's a contractor or it's a part-timer or it's a full-timer. You are able to incentivize your team even more with those business, the pot we call business expenses. You can invest more in marketing dollars. You can invest more in PR. Um, You can invest in a salesperson or a small sales team. You can invest more in branding. You can invest more in photo, like whatever it is that you want to invest in to build your business, paid advertising, whatever. And you get to decide if you even want to do those things and to what extent you want to do those things. And then we have the incredible profit bucket. And this is the one that most people aren't paying attention to or don't understand, or they're not thinking about when they're pricing their programs. They're not thinking about when they're paying themselves more to build their lifestyle. So when you pay yourself an owner's salary, that is paying for you to live. It's paying for your mortgage or your rent, your car bills, your gas your grocery bills, your eating out. If you've got kids, whatever you spend on your kids, our daughter's in private school. So that would go in that category. She's in a lot of extracurriculars. We pay for those. Clothes, grooming, all of your insurances, all of your utility bills. If you have pets, uh, home repairs, 
you know, just the things that happen in a home. Uh, if you pay a landscaper, if you have a pool, you know, whatever it's costing you to live, if you're traveling and it's not for business, whatever you're doing that is basically not considered a write-off under your business, what are the things it's costing you to live? That's what you're paying yourself, extra spending money, all that. What we see a lot of people doing is they never put money in the profit bucket. So that stays at zero, but they start paying themselves $50,000 a month or $60,000 a month or $40,000 a month. Instead of maintaining my example, this is, I'm not saying you have to pay yourself 15,000 and that's just my example. Instead of just continuing to pay yourself 15,000 so that you can put more into the business to grow the business and you can put more in profit. Now, what do you do with the money sitting there in profit? You can do whatever you want with it. You can do whatever you want. You could put it back into the business. You could create other streams of wealth building. You could invest in property. You could invest in, you know, whatever crypto, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, yada that you wanted to invest in. You can invest in another company. You can do whatever you want with that money. But part of what you want to view your profit for is how can I use my profit to continue to build my wealth and develop other streams of income so that the business that I'm running is not my only stream of income. So even if you have five different offers in your business, it's still one stream of income. So if you have a group program, a mastermind program, VIP days, consulting, and one-on-one, and a course, that's six things. That is all still coming from your business, right? That's not six different streams of income. It's one. It's one source, right? It's one source of income. You want to be able to diversify. What you have in profit allows you to diversify. If you want to buy a house and you want to put down like a $250,000 down payment on a million dollar house, you could take that from your profit bucket. If you wanted to uh, invest in another business, if you wanted to start another business and you need capital, that could come from your profit bucket. You can do whatever you want with profit. But what we're seeing happen is people are running out of money. They're not even putting money in, in the profit bucket. That's happening. And then they're running out of money in the business expenses bucket, meaning they can't pay their team. They have to let their team go. They uh, can't keep up with paid advertising if that's what they were doing. But if we look at where was the money going, where was all that money going? What we look at is it was going to lifestyle, traveling, first class. And I'm not saying any of this is wrong, by the way, Um, going out to eat all the time going on trips, staying in nicer hotels, doing whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it and not even thinking twice about swiping their debit card, right? And and so and then before you know it, I mean if you keep a budget like I do, before you know it, it's like okay, it looks like we spent just as much as we made this month, but I have nothing to show for it. Like where did it go? How did this happen? And so it's spending above and beyond what the bills are for you to just live. Or people will go buy a car, a nicer car, and it's a $900 a month payment instead of a $500 a month payment. Or they'll go buy a house that costs you know, $400,000 more than the house that they currently live in. And then they're back right where they started, feeling like they're just breaking even. And I'm not saying you need to run your finances in a particular way. I'm not saying don't pay yourself more. You've got to do what you you need to do, which serves you. I would invite you to consider where you want your company to be 10 years from now. 
Where do you want it to be five years from now? What other things are you interested in investing in? What do you want your net worth to be in 20 years from now or 30 years from now? And what do your finances need to look like today and tomorrow and this year and next year so that you reach your long-term goal? Because I have certainly been in the position where it didn't matter how much money I was making in my business in a month or a year, that I never felt like I was making more than what I was making when I was a teacher. Because too much of that was going to lifestyle very unconsciously, very unconscious. This is a few years ago, I woke up to this. So take a look at the state of your finances. How much are you paying yourself? Are you paying yourself more than you actually need? If you paid yourself less, could you actually put more back into the business? Could you start building your profit bucket so that you could fund other things that are lifestyle related? Or could you fund other streams of income, other wealth building streams of income? Just something to think about. So I hope you've enjoyed this three-part series on Beyond a Million. Recap, part one, we covered team. Part two, we covered client retention. And part three, we covered overspending in the lifestyle category. These are the three top things that I see that are preventing business owners from growing beyond a million once they've reached that status. So it's on you now to go take a look at these three categories. Be really honest with yourself. Look at where you could make some new decisions, some shifts, and some changes based on where you'd like to be five or 10 years from now. If you love this series, let me know. Leave us a review. Let us know what else you'd like to hear. And uh, if you have any questions or you want to continue following me and have a conversation, the best place to do that is on Instagram. So go to Instagram, follow me over there at Megan J. Huber. I would love to have a chat with you in the DMs, hear about where your company is at, where you're headed, and provide you with any other resources that you might be looking for. So find me over there and let's have a chat. Until next time, remember, make sure you're designing a life and business that is built to last. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.